the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. We got a live one. Lock it out. I didn't know much about him, and I put his tape in, and I almost fell over. 233 pounds, 41-inch vertical, 29 on the bench press. That's a creative player on Matt. 4-2-2. No way. A new record holder. I saw two or three scouts look at their stopwatch and show other scouts as if, hey, did you get that? Did, am I reading this right? There you go, Hulk! <laughs> Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel. Really excited for this one, everybody. NFL Draft. The 2023 NFL Draft is vastly approaching. We're just a month or so away. Our NFL Draft betting update. April 27th is the date that we are all looking forward to. 88th edition of the draft. Brendan Glasheen, Luke Swain, Travis Reed. Travis and Luke, great experts to have joining here. Uh, They're really sharp on the market and they're looking forward to diving in a lot to get to. I will say off the top that this is one of many action network podcasts that we'll have covering the draft. We're going to join you every week. So we have college basketball. Of course, we're going to be covering a lot of college hoops next week. So the week of March 29, uh, 20, 22nd, will be coming at you uh, on a weekly basis leading up to the draft on the 27th. So six weeks of coverage, We're going to get into markets, pre-draft process, free agency, rumor modeling, the hype list, takeaways from the combine, what we're invested in, what bets we like now. Of course, we're presented by FanDuel, so odds will come from there. Enough from me. We'll just start with a simple softball. We'll go to Luke first. How do you have an edge in the market? What kinds of things do you look at? Probably my favorite thing to bet on and what I've probably made the most money off by far um, on a year-to-year basis. and. And you just have to think of it this way where you could have that perfect bet in a football game and you're on the bills and then Josh Allen goes down and that's something that you couldn't predict. And all of a sudden that bet is over. Where the draft, there's information, there's mock drafts. It's really informational based and you can know the answers to the test. You know the answers to the test. Goodell just has to take that card to the podium and that wins. Um, So the whole process, it's really based off of information which how the market moves is a lot more sensitive, which we're going to get into that. But really the draft is fun because NFL season's over for most people, I think, when the Super Bowl. Uh, but really it's just begun in terms of what I most heavily invested in for me. Travis Reed, take us inside your process, what appeals to you. As the market has gotten bigger, the limits have gotten bigger. Like Luke said, you're able to actually make some money on this. Long ago, like when it was just the offshores and stuff, they would throw up like $25 markets just for fun. But now it's there's enough to make money. So you really want to gain information from pretty much everywhere. The mock drafts are good. They'll get better as we get closer to the draft. I wouldn't just look at a mock draft right now and go, okay, well, that's who he has first. I'm going to go bet that. Um, I think it's important to take into account a lot of different experts and kind of get a compilation of all of those. That's kind of my process. And like I said, as we get closer and closer, the bets will get more defined. Right now, you're kind of taking some shots on some guys and hope that it kind of comes to fruition. Whereas later, it's more like Luke said, you kind of have in concrete, this is what we know is going to happen. We think one, two, three, four, five, and then you can make bets from there. So, of course, there's a lot of information to digest, as you guys said, taking a look at several mock drafts. And as a as a better that might be tuning in and they're like, OK, if I want to dive into dra- betting on the on the NFL draft, what market, Luke, what could they go bet? Yeah. So right now there's 
first player to go based off of the position, which are the fun odds, whether it's first wide receiver, first yep. offensive lineman, first defensive player. But where I find the most leverage is going to be the over-unders on when the books post player X is going to go over-under 20 or whatever the number is, um, which these markets are extremely sensitive. They The books know that it is very informational-based and the answers are out there. And when they're sending these lines, they honestly have no idea. Like, I think a lot of people think that, like, Vegas knows everything. Where, like, with this, like, they really don't. Um, and some of these lines are just going to be awful. Devontae Wyatt opened at 12 and a half last year and closed at 38 and a half. That's how much movement this are. And the action that they're getting, like, the public and the quote-unquote sharps are the same when it comes to the draft. Like, if you see movement, like, there isn't a public side. Like, the public side is the sharp side because it still is a niche market. It's available in a bunch of states legally, uh, but it's not something that a casual better is just going to open their phone up after day work and start betting the draft. Travis, how do you compartmentalize information you have now with all of your mocks? And we'll get into that, how you go about balancing mocks, how you weigh one opinion versus someone else's or information a draft insider might have with line movement that could occur between now and the week of. How do you break down the market from that perspective? The reason those reporters gain more info is because the teams gain more info. Right now, the teams don't know who they're going to draft yet, so they're still working through their process too, and that that's how you see the lines move so much. But a lot of it is just based off, like we just saw with the combine with Anthony Richardson, he was like 100 to 1 to be the first overall pick, and now he's dropped down to 7 you know, just because they knew he was going to test well. Stuff like that where everybody knew he was fast. Everybody, I mean, maybe you didn't know how high you could jump or something like that, but you knew he was athletic. But the fact that, you know, he's going to break the combine record for basically everything for a quarterback is going to move this whole market. You know, that's something that can be predicted just by watching him play. You knew he's going to be super athletic. There's going to be a ton of this stuff. Some of it will be information. Some of it will be smoke. And there's kind of this little poker aspect of kind of, picking off which ones are bluffs and which ones are actually the truth. And with the, the mock drafts, like for me, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have seen the Google doc I put together every year. Like I have a aggregate of mock draft ratings that I've been accumulating over years, um, which the top 50 mock drafters. And honestly, and I just take the top 10 to start. And as we get closer, like you have to have a, a set group of opinions where if you just start bringing in random guys, it just creates chaos where you want consistency between that two. And you really just create an aggregate of mock drafts and it gives you a power rating. So if right now I'm tracking 17 mock drafts off of guys that I respect greatly. And like, for example, Paris Johnson right now has a mock draft EDP of 11.5. Now, if his over under opens up a lot higher than that, a lot lower than that, like that's going to create value, just how a power rating in football or any sport the difference that equals the edge, which you can't just purely bet off of that edge. There's a lot of information, et cetera, but there are certain mockers you want to connect to certain teams as well. So like Daniel Jeremiah, who he mocks to the jets every year lock Schrager used to be the Cardinals. Uh, Zerline's the Texans where Schrager was boys with the old Cardinals GM, like was in his wedding. Jeremiah was the GM at the Eagles with Douglas there's connections to certain mockers who used to be in the league but work in the media now who are making mock drafts for the clicks. And you know they have connection because every mocker wants to be the best and put out the best mock drafts. So obviously they're going to put them there. Travis, how about yourself when it comes to mock drafts? How do you pick them apart, pick and choose what matters to you? Yeah, another good one is look at the team reporters and they'll usually do theirs later. Their whole draft may not be correct, but the team they're covering 
especially look at that one. It may not be that guy, but it might be that position group because they're in the know of, okay, they're talking to this team on a daily basis. They know what players they're looking at. Maybe that guy gets sniped a few picks before him, but they're definitely looking at that position. So those are some other guys, um, you know, besides like the big national guys that Luke mentioned that are really, really sharp at this, those local guys, they're going to know their teams really well and and just kind of piecing those uh, together. You can really get a lot of good information there. Curiosity agents. I know these guys, they might pick an agent after getting drafted, but any noise from agents? I would say if anyone's the least trustworthy, it's probably the agents because they're really <laughs> trying true. to leverage their guys up. Don't listen to them. Yeah, yeah I, agents I always going to say their guys are going higher than they are. They want the guaranteed yeah. money. Well, good. There's something to avoid. As far as dates on the calendar, and like we said off the top, we're going to be coming to you here uh, the next month plus, getting you ready for the draft. So we're going to dip our toes into some of the potential markets that folks can bet now. But looking at the NFL calendar, free agency begins on Monday. So with free agency coming, yeah. uh, which there's a couple of lessons I've learned betting the draft. And if anyone's listened to me, I, it's these two lessons I'm going to be a broken record on. The first one that I've learned is not condensing yourself to, with too many over-unders within the same range, where if you condense yourself to a bunch of over-under picks, that's in the top 10. It becomes a scenario where you basically have to predict the top 10 perfectly where if there's one rogue pick in that top 10, it can be a ripple effect or domino that messes up everything after it. And then the second one I learned last year where I had way too many number one pick odds just waiting for everything else to come out because around this time is when you start getting antsy and you want them to start putting other stuff out. And the only thing that you've had to look at is the number one pick. Um, And I had Evan Neal and his odds got steamed all the way to like minus 200, et cetera. And I felt great about it. And then free agency hits and the Jaguars take sign a tackle and all of a sudden they don't want Evan Neal and they're going to take an edge. So free agency is very important because a lot of holes are going to get filled that you think guys that you thought the draft was going to fill as well, which I think corner this year is the position that's going to be affected the most with free agency yep. with guys like Jalen Ramsey, probably getting traded. Uh, who's the guy from the Eagles uh, Bradbury where like the Lions, for example, in mock drafts right now, Christian Gonzalez is the most consent it's the consensus pick, like which is partly groupthink, I think, which mock drafts are very groupthink, clickbait, et cetera. Yep. Where the Lions could very well get Ramsey, could very well get Bradbury, they could very well get Dean from the Bucks. Like they can fill that hole before the draft very easily. Well, look and look all at of a sudden safety too, right? Poyer, Bates, Gardner Johnson, secondary altogether. Yeah. Which like that, and then all of a sudden. And that's a tradable with sixes. It's a very similar situation to the Akuda scenario a couple of years ago where everyone thinks they should trade it, um, but they don't, which it's a very tradable pick and they could also fill a hole and not even go corner. And that would be a domino that everyone thinks they're going to take corner that they don't. So quarterback is a position that's a very public position, I think, that folks are curious about, especially when you look at a lot of the mocks, that there's a possibility for quarterbacks, and this is familiar, there's four quarterbacks that could go in the first 12, 10 picks, right? Yeah. So as far as names that are no longer available, Derek, uh, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, they're all signed. Jimmy Garoppolo still out there as we record. Lamar Jackson could be moved. I bring all that up to, to ask Travis when it comes to what is remaining. And, and you can really, you could, you could talk any position, right? Like I know it's a really, as far as offensive guys, 
not a great wide receiver class in free agency. How do you look at quarterback though? First, let's start there. You didn't even mention Aaron Rodgers yet, which is also another True. big domino to fall. So yeah, there's a teams that look desperate for quarterback. Carolina comes first to mind. If you look at any mock draft that does trades, almost all of them are going to have Carolina trading up for one of these guys. Some of them have them just sticking there and maybe getting Levis as the last guy <laughs> remaining. But if they were able to, you know, somehow swing a trade for one of these guys, I don't know if signing Jimmy Garoppolo would deter them from drafting a guy. I think that's a guy where you can start Jimmy G for a season and still draft a quarterback. So that wouldn't say, okay, we're not drafting one. That's kind of just a stopgap. New Orleans is for sure out. They're not drafting a quarterback. I know the deal is only two years in reality, but they're kind of stuck against the cap. I, yeah. I, they're out on quarterback. So yeah, as these moves kind of continue, you can kind of eliminate different positions from different teams uh, just based on what they've decided to do so far. For agency, quarterback usually is the one that isn't going to get affected very much because got teams picking in the top 10 aren't usually looking to sign a veteran quarterback that's a free agent because they're trying to win now. They're in the top 10 for a reason, and they're not very good. And quarterback free agents also don't become available, but available very often, where I think the only team that you can look out for that quarterback free agency could get affected would be the Raiders. Just the Raiders have a, like Stidham or Chase Gerbers. They got the Jimmy G connection with McDaniels. Right. They're within striking distance of trading up. I don't think one of the big four are going to fall there, but I don't think free agency is really going to affect the quarterback market in the draft outside of the Raiders, which again, who knows, but it's still early. Yeah. Another one like Geno Smith going back to Seattle. I'm not sure that excludes them from taking a quarterback either. They, they still could easily grab one, especially Anthony Richardson, who everybody says is raw might take a year or two to, you know, just want to sit behind Geno and learn. The Lions could draft one, yeah, and sit behind golf because quarterbacks, you, you just need to have that guy that teams are willing to take a shot, even if they just paid the guy right before him 30 million bucks because you, yep. you might have the next big one and they're always going to take shots. Richardson to the Seahawks, like that's where I, I very much plug him, where Richardson feels very much like a Trey Lance going to the Niners scenario where the Niners – they traded up for Trey Lance and he sat behind Jimmy G and Richardson. The consensus is he's going to have to sit because he's, but he, he's really getting drafted off of his talent and not what he's really done. Um, somewhat uh, where it very much feels like a scenario that Seahawks would probably have to trade up at this point, And he's going to sit behind Gino where Gino's very like, he's not the long-term answer for the same reasons that Jimmy wasn't either. And uh, both these guys are guys that are going to sit and, it's, I mean, we, I would love to get into the top four quarterback because it's kind of chaos right now. And when you're betting the draft, chaos is good because chaos creates opportunities where if we knew the answers, these books would be setting lines minus a million or not even offer it, um, where chaos creates opportunity when you're betting into the draft. Um, and the books are setting the odds, like strategically now, a lot better where they're pricing people out instead of just taking them down, um, which is smart. I would do the same thing. But the number one pick is the odds right now are very interesting. Um, we're going to jump into that one. Yeah, we should. So, look, and, and everything you guys just discussed, the, the prospects of the Lions, the Seahawks, that's info, folks, that we will certainly dive into in later episodes down the road. So 
Those are some kinds of things, though, that we will discuss with Luke and Travis. So the biggest rumor right now, as it pertains to the draft, not from an odds perspective, but just actual reporting from Adam Schefter, ESPN, end of February. He was the one that kind of got the the wheels turning on this. The Chicago Bears have been approached by multiple teams about trading the number one pick. Chicago is said to be, the quote is, leaning toward moving the pick. So they're moving. They have to. I mean, it's you just have to. Any any mock draft, like right now when I'm putting in my mock drafts and I'm seeing like Will Anderson to the Bears yeah. and I'm putting it into my aggregate, I'm just swapping like Will Anderson to go two. Like it, it's just people are like the mocks that have Will Anderson going one are drafting off of like this player to go to the Bears, not because they think the Bears are going to take them out one. Um, it's going to get traded. It is. Okay, so when that time it's, comes, though, how Luke Swain right now, as we sit here, it has not been moved yet. How do you go about tr- breaking it down from a draft betting perspective? Is there anything actionable now based on that info? If you could get a hunch as to what team might want to go up and get the pick, you, you follow me? So or, number, or is it a stay yeah, away? Yeah. We got to wait here. No, I, I, like the number one pick odds are set right now as if the pick has already been traded. Uh, where Bryce Young is minus 200 right now to go number one, which is wrong. Uh, and like the general consensus I'm seeing on Twitter is that it's criminal. Bryce Young is minus 200. He shouldn't be minus 200, et cetera, which he shouldn't be. But these odds aren't like FanDuel doesn't think that Bryce Young has a 66% chance to go number one. This, these odds are just Bryce Young has been the consensus number one pick for multiple months. And minus 200 is multiple months of them getting money on Bryce. And they've brought Richardson and Stroud's odds low enough that it hasn't really made it enticing enough for people to bet them. So they just, no one is really betting into the number one market because DraftKings or Bandle or whatever it is have kind of priced the market out to make it less enticing for people to want to bet Richardson or Stroud, who Richardson was 100 to one a couple weeks ago and Stroud was six to seven to one. Um, and just Bryce and the other guys aren't getting the money to bring the odds down. Like if I was to price out the number one pick right now, I'd probably make Bryce minus 120, Stroud plus 200, and Richardson after Jeremiah's comments yesterday plus 200 as well. Uh, which before Jeremiah's comments yesterday, because on his podcast he said he heard from a GM that Richardson's going to go number one, I would have made Richardson probably plus 400 conservatively because I can't remember the last time a number one pick was drafted that sat week one, which consensus is Richardson has to sit. Like I can't, I don't think I can right. think of a quarterback going one that's ever sat week one, um, which you would assume you would have to, or they're just going to throw him out there, which would be insane to me. But, but who knows? Texans might take Jimmy, which you heard yesterday, and maybe taking Jimmy and taking Richardson behind him, uh, which poor Jimmy. But you have a thought on this Travis as far as uh, using this kind of rumor as an example as a jumping off point it's the biggest rumor out there right now how it has impacted the market what comes to mind for Travis Travis Reed is a better yeah um it's like Luke said it it's always expected to be traded if if it doesn't get traded you have to really question what the Bears GM is doing um because you either have to trade that pick or trade Justin Fields and take a quarterback yourself those are your only two options Let me remind you, this GM traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. 
So yeah. like technically anything's on the table. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's true. So, but yeah, it's, yeah. it has to. <laughs> we should, we should always caveat that nothing is a hundred percent. Maybe Bijan Robinson first running back, maybe, but uh, other than that, there's, like you said, anything can happen in a draft, which is what makes it fun. Um, but I do think there is some value on Stroud. He's three to one right now um, at FanDuel. So I think if you're looking for something actionable, I think that's, I think what Luke said is correct. And I think those odds will get tighter um, as we get more information, as we do the pro days and things like that, because I think some people are just going to be scared of the height of uh, Bryce Young. Um you look at all the tape and it's like, yeah, he does everything correctly. But then you get those measurements at the combine and you get a little bit worried. We just saw Kyler Murray go down with an injury. He's had trouble and he's, he's actually a little bit bigger than Bryce Young. And that was kind of his bugaboo as going the first pick was maybe he's too small. So maybe that scares off a team or two. Um, and I, th- I think Stroud is right there. I think if you've missed the boat on Richardson, it's, you still can take a shot, obviously, if you want to, but you'd been much better off, you know, doing it a week or two ago. Yeah, and Fandle has the best odds in Richardson by far. Um, they're, they're somewhat – like, Fandle has Richardson at plus 600 right now, and the market has him at plus 300. But yeah, I agree with Travis. Like, to me, if I was making a mock draft today, I would put Stroud number one as well. Okay. And now we- in terms of the bets that I have, I'm just totally team no Bryce. Like, as long as Bryce doesn't go number one, we're good. Um, so like, I'll take, I think it's Stroud, but I also like Richardson would be fine. Um, but FanDuel has the best odds on Richardson by a decent margin right now. So that this kind of leads into the next discussion about the hype list and Richardson's been the topic of conversation, right? Because of his broad jump and his vertical jump. I'll be honest. I had never heard of the broad jump. I'm looking up broad jump 10 feet, nine inches. I guess that that's pretty, pretty good um, considering how he has rose up the board. So and he was a big takeaway from the combine. Is there anybody else though that might be? And this is why we bring you guys on and talk about this stuff because Richardson's making headlines. Anybody else uh, jump out to you from a from a combine hype standpoint, Luke? Uh, so going to the combine, I had a list, and one of the guys I'm actually pretty salty. He went off on the combine. Um, where in terms of guys, I think that are falling. First off, like I think Miles Murphy, who's been mocked in the top ten. For months, he's definitely falling. Um, I'm seeing him outside of the first round. I think Quentin Johnson's falling a little bit. Uh, Michael Meyer might be a little bit. That might just be a result of uh, the combine and, and Kincaid getting a lot of hype specifically from Jeremiah. Uh, and then Hyatt, who I love, I think he's falling a little as well. Guys that I have been – I had, like, earplugged for, like, their over-unders. When they came out, I was going to take their – like, their under, which I am so upset that Nolan Smith went off in the combine because that guy, I was like, he, I was ready to pounce when his over under came because like I had planted my flag. He's going number one. And then he puts up most freakish numbers ever for an edge rusher. And now it's like his over under went from probably opening at 30 and a half to it's probably going to come out at like 19 and a half now, conservatively, maybe even lower. I, I saw him in mock drafts in the top 10 yesterday. Um, so that has somewhat, gotten cooked but other guys that i think are you can earplug that are gonna i think are gonna rise i would say osiris osiris terrence i think darnell wright can rise emmanuel forbes can rise keon white can't see i had earplugged and that's kind of over because of the combine 
yeah, I would say those are like the guys to earplug where Jeremiah in this podcast also said that he could see Darnell Wright being the first offensive lineman off the board. It wasn't like something he was like, it wasn't a main talking point. Those are the types of things that you have to pick up in podcasts or like mock drafts or mock drafts are great, but there's a lot of like tea leaves within the context and zero line does it a lot, a lot where you can totally miss it if you're just scrolling through and speed reading, uh, but they are very valuable. Travis, you have anything to jump in? I mean, we can get into this too. Um, I, I kind of should have asked it when we talked about free agency, like with skill positions with, at receiver. I know there's a couple guys from TCU, Ohio State. There's receivers that are getting some some noise to be mid-first round, end of the first round. I, I bring that up because it's not a great skill position free agent class. So is there yeah. a chance for receivers, maybe tight end? I think there was one name left over. I think Luke mentioned about 30 others. Uh, there was one left. Darnell Washington from Georgia, tight end, basically broke all the combine records for tight end. He was super fast, and he, then he made the one-handed catch, which was kind of going viral on Twitter, which it's really fun because he had, like, very little production at college at Georgia. He just wasn't really asked to catch much. I think he's a guy who could be on the rise. I see a bunch of mocks now, like, firmly in the first round where he was kind of just He's very big. He's, he's six seven. Yeah, yeah, he's, we, he's, we, need, we need to mention dude. that's the key. Yeah, just a massive, massive dude who can also just move. So I think he's a guy who's going to be on the rise. And I think tight end in general, just really good class for tight ends if you're looking for one. I I think you could easily see three in the first round, possibly squeeze it to four if Luke Musgrave were to rise at all or, you know, people just start to feel like they're missing out. And I think a lot of that is because, like you mentioned, the wide receiver class is a little down, um, especially compared to last year. You have like Olave and – Wilson, we don't really have those type of prospects in this class, but I do think Jackson Smith and Jigba did really well at the combine, you know, the three cone, how well he was able to change direction. I think a lot of teams are going to look at that and probably move him up, especially if you're looking for like a slot receiver. Um, I think he fits that mold really well. There was a lot of question marks on him since he missed a lot of the season with an injury. I think he answered a lot of those. He's the favorite for first receiver, although I still think there's kind of a tier there where any of those three or four guys could probably, you know, you could take a stab at some of those at plus odds. And with Jackson, it's very where I think the Texans are the favorite to get Bryce, where the Texans have another pick at 12. And when you're taking a quarterback first, you're either going QB or tackle or QB and wide receiver. And if the Texans get Bryce, it would make a lot of sense for them to get his Ohio State teammate, Jackson, at 12 again. There's going to be a lot of name butchering on this, <laughs> but which that might be a little too high, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, I could see the Patriots, like if they just want to shove them in the West Welcome. No, <laughs> no. Patriots drafting wide receiver privileges have been revoked. <laughs> they are not allowed to take a receiver. They've uh, never hit. That's a trigger. Uh, I know. That's, that's, why the, that's why they need one so bad because the receiver room is just nothing at this point. They have to get it right at some point, you would think. So we got a couple more things to discuss before we wrap up. So one of the markets I always find interesting too is like the over-unders for positions. We kind of got into tight end a bit there. There could be some stock rising in tight ends uh, in the first round. I mean, Luke mentioned very early in the in the show about corner um, because of what, you know, I don't remember quite corner last year. It was a very popular position, at least in the first round. Um, but with many secondary players available in free agency corner and safety 
what what market what other markets i know we t- we just hit on tight end a bit there but from a market perspective what else are we eager to see drop luke from a are the over under how do you, how would you handle the over under market i guess i'm using that as an example something yeah. we won't have yet but it's that's going to come down the road so positional over unders usually come out like around now uh, where those usually come out before like a specific player over unders are released which there've been a couple positional over unders that have been like walks of the century and you understand that minus 200 betting into the draft does not equal minus 200 betting a regular football game or whatever it is where minus 200 very well if you know have the right information might as well be minus infinity and that is okay uh, where there have been a couple that i've laid ridiculous prices because it was like it should have been minus infinity and i think the best one was over over one and a half Notre Dame players drafted in the first round, and it was the year that those two offensive linemen, I forget their names, the guy from the Colts and then the guy from the Niners from the top 10. Uh, but corner, like they're very in the combine helped corner the most, where yeah, there's like six or seven like first round talent corners. And I could very well see six, and a lot of those guys that were on like the brisk of first and second round went off in a combine. Like Deontay Banks is the name that comes to mind first year. I was seeing him and I probably like right now I have him at, I had him at like 50% going in the first round. And then and since the combine, I have him 65, uh, which he broke every record. Um, so I think this could, be, this is probably the most like corner class doesn't have like the top end talent like it has in the past, but this is probably the most like stacked corner market in terms of how many there are that can go in the first that I can, I've seen in a long time. Um, and it, it's becoming a pass heavy league. So um, corners can become more important, but like corner, if I was, and I have like in my head and I love just setting lines as if I was setting myself like corner, I'd make five and a half tight end. I would make three and a half. Like th- that's like the process as well. Like setting these lines for when they do come out, because these lines come out, especially the overrunners, they don't last very long. Yeah. Cause these things move like lightning because any type of money that they get, cause they don't really know they're going to move them where if I wanted to go, if I went to go bet like $150, whatever it is based on the limits on number one pick, like the odds are probably going to move where in a regular market, it would not move on a hundred dollars. Um, any type of money that they get is going to move it and being the first to it until the market matures is very important, which is why you want to like set your lines prior um, so that when you have a framework to go off of when they open. Travis, anything to add on that? That's a good one too. You mentioned the, the school, the school bets. Over yeah. Um, I, they, they've always done matchups, but it seems like they're coming out earlier and matchups. I'm interested to see if they'll do even more. If like the matchups are just, a few pages long um because then i think you can you know really pick off um some value there so that's something i'm interested um as the draft gets more tv ratings like they're just the betting options on all these sites are just getting bigger and bigger so i'm, I'm hoping to see some more of that um of those matchup type things i also one thing i know everybody focuses and will focus on the first round but after that first round they'll come out with second round bets and things like that. And they'll even come out with bets for that, that Saturday where it's fourth round and on. 
And if you think they don't know anything about the first round, just imagine until you get into those later rounds, because then nobody knows anything. So then you can really pick off some stuff. In the last two years, the first pick of the second round has come out like yeah. publicly on social media. And like those, like they were very, and they both were very bettable. Like the guy, the corner, the Jags took was like plus 500 for a little while. And it was out there uh, to be the first pick of the second round. And then last year, the Bucks, the tackle. Logan Hall. Took, yeah. Yeah. His over-under was way high because they come out with over-unders as well. And it got bet down very quickly, but it was out there and, it wasn't like Intel that you had, like you're getting text messages. Like there were tweets coming out on who the Bucks are going to take. And they're just sitting there. Um, Cause remember like, this is a very niche market and the sports books have March madness to worry about. They have a lot of things to worry about. Like football is King, but this is probably one of the few windows where it's still technically like Lamar Jackson was getting all the hype yesterday and football isn't even playing. It's just a lot going on. They don't have any idea, and that's why it is so sensitive, and that's why it can be leveraged. Um, What bets would you recommend taking now? We'll go to Luke first, then Travis, and we'll get out of here. So I think Travis and I are going to align on this. Like I, I I genuinely think Stroud is going to go number one right now, um, which I think it will only come down. Vandal, he's plus three hundred right now. Um, There's not a lot of bets to make currently. There will be. Travis, you have anything? Yeah, I have taken a few. Uh, Paris Johnson over Skaransky, uh in a matchup. It's minus 120. That's still available. That's mostly just based on – I'm seeing a lot of rumors where teams are looking at Skaransky as more of a guard than a tackle. And just in general, teams are going to value the tackle more. I, I do think Broderick Jones might actually sneak into the first tackle taken. But as far as just a yeah. matchup, I, I like taking Paris Johnson. Like I said, that's available – I think Anthony Richardson over Levis is another matchup you can take minus 250 right now. And, but like Luke said, if you think he's for sure, and we're hearing rumors like he might go one, I, I think Levis is pretty firmly in the last quarterback of these four. So I think minus 250 is fine to lay that price. And if you want to go with my hype guy, Darnell Washington plus 350 to be first tight end taken. Uh, he's definitely on the outside looking in, but I think the more pro days, the more of these flashes, of this huge human being running <laughs> down the field is going to entice some of these GMs to take him. I think that price is going to drop. So I like taking him now. All right. Mayor Kincaid are the guys he hopes to hop over, but again, yep. we're just, uh, we're just scratching the surface here on the action network podcast, our NFL draft pilot episode. Gents, this was fun. This was a good breakdown. A lot of nuts and bolts off the top and we're just kind of getting into it here. Uh, diving into some rumors, and I look forward to the update next week. Travis Reed, Luke Swain, Brendan Glasheen, again, we'll be with you. We have March Madness uh, next week. After next week, so two weeks from now, we'll have another NFL Draft betting preview episode, and, and really everyone's going to start jumping in on this coverage. So, But the three of us will be here leading up to uh, mid-April when the draft starts. That first round, of course, is slated for Thursday, April 27th. Thanks to the guys. We'll join you all next time on the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.